kind of smoky in here. <laughs> but it's appropriate, maybe, because of this reading, the uh, voice from the cloud of the Father on the day of Jesus' baptism. This last day of uh, Christmas, the Christmas season, we just uh, celebrated the Epiphany last week. Now we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. It's the final uh, feast before we begin ordinary time and prepare for Lent in a couple of months. Um, it marks the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, whereas Christmas, the Feast of the Epiphany, uh, we recall the beginning of Jesus' earthly life. Um, we also recognize that for 30 years, basically, besides one event when he was 12 years old in the temple in Jerusalem, we just know the first few days of his life, but the rest is hidden from us, the so-called hidden years of, of Jesus, growing up in the home with Joseph and Mary in Nazareth, growing into his profession as a carpenter, um, a citizen of his, of his town, an observant Jew uh, of the uh, um, lineage of, of David. And uh, that now in his baptism in the River Jordan, his cousin, the forerunner John the Baptist, baptizes him in the waters of the River Jordan, and this great manifestation happens. Um, the dove, the Holy Spirit, comes down in bodily form um, on him as this anointing and the Father's voice speaks, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. As if to the Lord himself, to verify him in his own human heart of his identity as the divine Son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, in human form, but also for those there, including John, uh, who said, I'm not the Messiah. I'm making the way for the one who is to come. I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. And here he is, the Father and the Holy Spirit, showing the identity of the Son who's become incarnate for our salvation uh, to us. Could not be more. If you were there, I'm sure you'd tell all your family, I heard the voice. It said, you are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Um, this doesn't happen out of nowhere. You know, the, the Jewish tradition of washing, there's lots of purification if you read the, the laws of the Old Testament, or even go to the, the Holy Land uh, today in Israel. There are uh, ancient mikvah baths, but also current uh, observant Orthodox Jews uh, do these kind of purifications. Um, and it's cool because there's these old ancient um, kind of aquifers and things like that that were engineered so that the water in these baths, like if you entered someone's home or into, into some holy place like a synagogue or the temple, that the water was rainwater. It was water from heaven, from God. It was not well water that you'd gotten up from the earth, but it had come down from heaven. And that was the water you were to, to wash yourself with, to purify yourself. But as you know, that you, you purify yourself constantly. Every time you touched anything dead, anything, anytime that you, you touched anything un, unclean, you had to constantly re-purify yourself. And so what John is doing is not out of nowhere, this baptism of repentance that he's preaching. It's, it's purify not just the outside of the cup, but the inside as well. Purify your soul by repenting of your sins um, and making straight the path for the Lord to come into your life and into um, Israel. But Jesus, of course, doesn't need to be purified. So why is he going down into the waters with the rest of these sinners? Um, the church fathers said that it's not Jesus who needs to be purified by the waters, but the waters need to be purified by Jesus. It's he who goes into the waters that makes the waters holy. And now we who are baptized, all of us are baptized, um, into the same Jesus. We now occupy his place. It's not, a, it's not a bath of purification. It's one of participation now. We enter, as he entered into our human flesh, our human life, our human drama, 
through baptism, we become one with him and now participate in his life. And um, we now can hear the voice of the Father speak to us. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you I am well pleased. I don't know about you, but I think about that. The, the moment that that happened in my life, I don't remember it. I was a baby. My mom, an Irish Catholic, fought with my dad, a Protestant who had become an atheist. We're getting our boys baptized. My brothers were already a few years old, and I was the new baby, and we were living in Naperville, or Wheaton, the church was in Naperville, and she just took us there, and I got the certificate before I went to seminary. I had to prove I was baptized. I don't remember this event. I don't remember this deacon who baptized me. Um, my grandparents were my godparents, but that was the moment that they all told me about happened. I have a piece of paper that says it did, but I don't remember it. That's when I entered the life of Christ, when I became a beloved son. I could not have earned it, in other words. It could not have been because of anything that I did or because I was such a good boy. In fact, I was kind of a crabby baby. I, was, I probably cried. But it's because God did something for me and in me that now I have become God's beloved son. And that's a mystery we live into our entire lives. Um, and I, I remember I, I heard a story of a friend of mine. He's a Detroit Lions fan, which is just an unfortunate fate to have. But um, he lives here in Chicago, lives in the suburbs, but he was born in, in Detroit. And he was like a teenager and not really a fan of any particular football team and uh, started to get into sports and... Um, Remember that he was born, and originally the first few years of his life uh, with his family, he was in, in Detroit. And he remembers seeing pictures of himself as a baby. His parents had dressed him in lion's stuff, like in little lion's onesies and stuff like that. Like, before he was ever conscious of football, he was a lion's fan. It had been chosen for him. And that something about that inspired him and made him want to be a lion's fan. Like, I, I want to I be who I was made to be. You know, I want to root for the team that is mine. And uh, that's cost him much suffering. But anyways, it's uh, a kind of a beautiful image of what I think has happened to many baptized people is that they've simply forgotten. Like it's, not, it's not something that they've lived into much in their life. Um, the other sacraments of initiation, Eucharist and Confirmation, Either they don't go to the Eucharist, they don't receive communion, they don't go to Mass, or maybe they didn't get confirmed, or confirmation was just as perfunctory as baptism. They didn't really think about it, didn't, didn't do it consciously. But that identity is still there. It's not, God has not stopped loving them. They have not stopped belonging to him. And just as the, the great story of the prodigal son, Jesus uh, communicating to us that the essence of the kingdom, what it means that the kingdom of God is in our midst and has come, is that now this great truth is ours for the taking. We, we have received it. Um, and yet we are sometimes like the younger son who run away and walk away and just don't want to live in the father's house anymore. And at any moment could come back and the father would run out to meet us. You know, our sonship, our being a daughter of God, we are being unconditionally loved by God, is not negated even by the greatest sins. Or the older son who says, I've, all, I've done everything that you asked me to do. I've served you. I've been a good boy. You know, us observing Catholics, we, we can start to think that God's love or, or our, his favor somehow depends on my being good. Neither thing is why God does or does not love us. How we've performed, what we've done, what we've failed to do. Our response to God is a good life. 
our thanksgiving to him for his mercy and for, for welcoming us back and restoring us to his grace is to love him above all things and love our neighbor as ourselves. That is not the first step, and then that makes God love us. It is because we have been loved by God, because Jesus, the Son of God, has come to occupy our place as sinners so we can occupy his place as the Son of God. And that is the great news of Christianity. As we, as we come into ordinary time and look forward even now to Lent, um, to live into that mystery every day um, of who we are in Christ. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And you I am well pleased.